0: It's time on this Wednesday morning again for another exciting and informative episode of Prairie Doc Radio. We have Joan Hogan, Dr. Rick Home. Uh worry about the hurricane here they both have connections in florida but we're glad you guys are safe and sound up here good morning and welcome
1: well thank you so much we're 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 very thankful for i think everyone that watched those storms go through the south have been are thankful and uh we don't need to talk about storms but we can talk about medicine i'm joan hogan and this is the prairie doc radio program rick holm is our prairie doc he's ready to answer your questions of a medical nature Doctor Holmes' specialty is internal medicine. He's worked with the Avira Medical Group Brookings and has served as a clinical professor at the University of South Dakota's Sanford School of Medicine. Good morning, Rick. Good
2: morning, Joan. Hogan.
1: And although I said we don't have to talk about it, I'm so sorry to hear about your sailboat. Well, you know, was it moored in the British Virgin Islands? Yeah,
2: I mean, it was nothing there, left there. Nothing left. I mean, um. think of those poor people. I mean, I I watched a video where a woman. Walked down. Uh, she had. A, she um, she had walked down into the homes. You know those cities of of the people who live in Tortola, and you know it was like a bomb went off. There was nothing left. I mean, it was just eighty
1: or ninety percent damage throughout uh, the whole island. It's oh, just amazing. Um,
2: I got a message from a dear friend who um, is a physician in the British Virgin Islands. He was going to be on our show tomorrow night. Uh, Skyped in. But forget about that. I mean, I sent him a message. Tell me, are are you available for skyping? It would be interesting <laughs> to hear about it. No response. I mean,
1: yeah, no. Oh, so, that's too bad. So
2: the the message is um, that it was it wasn't just a mild hurricane. It was a, the worst hurricane they, on record, I think. A hundred uh, with two hundred plus mile b-
1: gusts. You don't beat a five. You no, just you
2: just don't beat a five, and it was a direct hit. If you've seen the, um, from satellite views of the British Virgin Islands, they're green normally. They're now brown.
1: Yeah, there it is nothing green left. Everything off of it. Go Killed on. all
2: the trees and the ah. everything.
1: Well, we all saw plenty of it. I think the most amazing thing was the uh, west coast of Florida, which should have been decimated. It and should have been, it. and they really were fortunate. I just can't get over that.
2: I can't either. So, uh, but, you know, Um there isn't any I mean we have the world's worst fires going on in the on the west coast of the US right now.
1: We're living in the best spot in the US right now. The weather's just perfect. Has been no disasters occurring around here. We had enough
2: rain for the for the farmers and
1: uh Well, there's a bit of a drought going on in South Dakota though. uh, Well in eastern we're doing okay. Yeah. My thought
2: is that the um uh, as we talk about hurricanes, people were saying, that, "Well, we've got blizzards." <laughs> <laughs> yes, but we do. We do. So,
1: well, there's nowhere, wherever you live, there's questions of <laughs> survival, I guess, throughout the throughout the ages. But that's
2: that's what it is. Yes. So it makes you think. Uh, what do the, What do you do for survival? That's a medical question, Joan. It is. Uh, what do you do to prepare for possibility of a disaster of any kind? Bob, do you have any? particular words
0: yeah have a good one go to the disaster preparedness uh info that they're having september the 15th at the city county building on the first floor they'll have disaster kits there you can ask the resident experts how you can prepare what you should have um that what date again? It's going to be September the 15th, just a couple of the days come coming up here. It's from 1 until 5 p.m. You don't have to stay for the whole thing, but come up. And they have different versions. If you have a family of two or four or six or whatever age mm-hmm. you're in, they'll show you what you should have. All disaster kits basically have uh, bare bones things, even the folks in Florida. Flashlights, batteries, medicine, water, gasoline, things like Ra- this. Candles, radio. R- so we can listen to KBRK. Absolutely, the hand crank radios right now yeah. would be the ones. Unfortunately, a lot of the radio station towers out there boom over. So yeah. you know, they could even that. Get radio? That's yeah. right. Well, but, yeah. we've got a crank radio. We've got a bunches of
2: bottles of water. So uh, you're prepared. And we've got some cans and plenty of wine. They're all at the same <laughs> in the same <laughs> cellar. <laughs> plenty of wine.
1: Well the nice thing is the timing of this disaster preparedness program is amazing because we do have disasters on our mind with what's happening on the East Coast, the West Coast, and right here in Brookings you can attend this disaster preparedness session. Wow, what a neat thing. And it's, where did you say it's being held at City Hall?
0: It's at the City County Government Building, right south of the library. Oh, yeah. Yeah, On the the first floor.
1: First floor, City County, and anywhere from 1 to 5 on September 15th. And they're
0: giving away a couple of those weather radios as door prizes when you stop by. Uh, Bob Hill is the person who puts this together. It would be a difficult job to be constantly upgrading your education and planning for disasters and you know, earthquakes and fires and landslides and things like this. But that's what he does, eight hours a day. It's
1: his job, and he does it. I have to mention one more thing, then we'll get off of Florida. I am so impressed with their preparedness. It was amazing. The entire, all the government services came together. Right now they have over 30,000, what do you call electricians or people that get the power grid up again. 30,000 from all Mm -hmm. over the country came in. The linemen, we are the linemen of every county, of county in the United States, and they're down there getting power back, you know, which is amazing, just amazing. It is
2: amazing, um, although they said that it used to be that uh, the powers were local, that there was a power for your community, a power source for your county, you know, and that, yes. that we didn't have this big national grid that could go down and then everybody's left without something, uh, and that we should go back to at least a backup that's local. Uh, I will say this: that uh, tomorrow night, uh, Deb Johnston is the, n- the host, and uh, Matt Owens um, is the guest for our television show on Call with the Prairie Doc, because I've got a, a uh, internal medicine meeting, and our banquet and, and all that is happening at the same time. And my um, the the CEO of our our um, our uh, our local. Deal said, I don't have a choice. I'm not going to be at the radio or TV show. You will be at the banquet. I will be at the banquet. (laughs) And so at um, the show, uh, Matt Owens, Dr. Owens from Redfield, is the state uh, coordinator. In fact, he's one of the leading national coordinators of medical uh, resources for disaster. And, And so this is as timely as we can get to have that expert Who has you know his he's brought vaccinations and a variety of different practices to the medical school to teach the med students about what doctors should do in a disaster and how to establish uh, connection with the state so that you're available to move To where the disaster might be, um, if there is one. Well,
1: he's the Bob Hill of South Dakota medicine and disasters. Is that it? That that
2: will be very interesting tomorrow night. It's an Ask Anything show, so um, the you know just get your pens and ready and write down a question right now and then call that number. Tomorrow night, so that they have questions to answer, you know. Because please it's an help.
1: Ask anything show. Yes. Yeah, and that's on South Dakota Public Television at seven o'clock on Thursday nights. With that note, we're going to be back in a few minutes. Welcome back to Prairie Dock Radio. Joan Hogan here with Dr. Rick Holm, and we have been discussing disaster preparedness because, of course, the hurricane that occurred this past weekend is on everyone's mind. Right. It's just, it's amazing the, uh, the stories that came out of it. Oh, wow. But
2: well, Bob was asking the point, uh, or making the point that he had heard that hurricanes were a way for nature to reestablish fresh water in the on the land uh and of course uh what was it 30 inches of rain that houston had
0: i read that the amount of rain that fell on florida and georgia and places like that was equivalent to all the water contained in chesapeake bay if you can imagine that That, it's incomprehensible how many trillions of cubic feet of water uh, so it 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 moistened everything up
2: there, <laughs> down there. <laughs> but uh, if the, you know the thinking, uh, why all of the green turned brown on the islands was because the the wind brought so much seawater across, and you know the seawater killed all of the 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 plants. It killed all the vegetation, right? But I don't know if that's true. I think it was just the 200 mile an hour winds that probably had something to do with it too. <laughs> Apparently. Uh, the animals of the zoos and so on and so forth on um, Florida did just fine. You know, they just kind of hunkered down. They're used to it. They, they, you know, they, they've been built to survive things like this. I don't think anything lived. You know, the chickens that crow all night long on the <laughs> on those islands in the British Virgin Islands yeah. are probably gone. <laughs>
1: They may not have survived it.
0: So I spoke to a friend of mine who lives in St. Petersburg, and I was asking him questions, and he said, yeah, one of the really sad things are the sea manatees that have been sort of beached because of the storm surge. All the water went out, and now they're stuck in the mud. So people were out there braving the wind and the rain to try and pick these big things up and get them back in the water again.
2: Yeah, I've heard that, the sea manatees, because the water receded like a big...
0: Yeah, like uh, a a tsunami almost. It was the
1: strangest thing to see Tampa Bay empty. I just couldn't believe it. Tampa Bay went totally empty, if you see the pictures on the news. And so that's where the, sea, the, where the uh, manatee are. Uh, they, you know, during the day, they'll just hang out. Or at night, they'll be in the bay because it's about four to six feet deep, and they just rest there. During the day, they go out into the gulf. Well, those bays were wiped dry, and the manatees were stuck. sitting there. Yeah, and they're big sea cows. Well, are
2: they uh, mammals? Are they air breathers? So they didn't they didn't lose but they mm, probably But dried They really out.
1: needed the water. Yeah, I'm sure they're <laughs> they may used be to mammals, the water. but they live in water. <laughs> they truly do. I didn't
2: know that Tampa Bay was only like four to six feet it's deep. It's
1: not very deep in uh but it's empty. empty. Well, no, it has to be deeper than that because the big ships come in there. I'm sorry. Well, I'm to the little bay. You know what
2: they do is they dig a channel d- a for channel. those big yeah, ships. Yeah,
1: no, it is deeper than that. You know, But in some areas, it's fairly shallow. Uh,
2: Biscayne Bay, which is a, a big area right outside of Miami. Now, that's a great place to sail. And um, uh, it's like a lake because uh, there's all the barriers that are out out in front of you. And it's inside that reef um So uh, that particular area, though, if you want to sail into a, a a docking area or where the bigger boats go, they've dug channels and you follow, follow the, the, channel the red locking. and the green markers right. because yeah. you have this little channel in which to follow because it's uh, sh- very shallow everywhere else. Um, I, I well, you could
1: see how Biscayne Bay came into Miami. They had pictures of that. It was rivers running through the streets, and that was the bay. All that bay water, the bay came water into Miami. went into. Yep, <laughs> yeah. It was because there lot was of a, water It movement. went out, and then it came back. Came back. back. In. Yep.
2: Yeah. yeah. Seawater. not really good for your lawn, I suppose.
1: I wouldn't think so. <laughs> no. No. Well, a lot of interesting things happening. We did, while we are talking about that, we had a question that had nothing to do with any of that, but it's a medical question. Let's talk about it. And our caller wants to know uh, if you could explain frozen shoulders. What is a frozen shoulder? How does it get there and how do you get rid of it?
2: Well, it's interesting. Every joint would become frozen if you didn't use it. Uh, Hips would become frozen. I've seen frozen hips. Uh, knees frozen. Uh, I've seen frozen knees. Uh, elbows become frozen if you don't use them. Uh, every joint is dependent upon motion to stay uh, motionable, you know, to to stay to keep movable. Moving. Right. And um, what happens with the shoulder, it just happens to be one of those areas that is the l- probably one of the least stable of joints that we have because we. it is made, it's a ball and a socket, and the socket is barely a socket. It's just almost just a wide open spot. And the only thing that keeps it uh, in a socket are all of the ligament, which is not calcified, and the m- muscles and the tendons that surround it. You know, the um, rotator cuff, the, the the cuff that rotates around and allows the rotation of this ball uh, a- around the shoulder. But it can be, with that, with that t- great flexibility and ability to move in every direction and do every little thing, it is easily uh, injured. If you take the knee, which is probably the most traumatized uh, joint on our body, it's just basically a hinge. It has w- it doesn't go right and left much. Uh, it just goes forward out to a point and back out uh, back to a point. So it's really quite stable.
1: It's a hinge. It's stable, even though it, it looks like it may not be a truly as stable. But the shoulder is the not shoulder
2: as stable. The shoulder is not as stable, and so is more easily it injured. It moves
1: in more directions. If you think about moving your arm around, you're it, moving it, in a it, lot of different you know, directions. And not only
2: that, not only can it move in all directions, but it can twist. Ah. I mean, it's, it's amazing what the shoulder can do. But if it hurts... It hurts. It's close to the brain. Maybe that's why it, it, it <laughs> hurts more. You know, it's just very close. So when it hurts, what do people do? They immobilize that joint. Well, now, some of that is what a doctor will do for you if you have an injury. Uh, so you immobilize it long enough, and everything solidifies. And then, you don't, and then it, and it becomes um, uh, connected to the, to the um, shoulder blade that holds it. So uh, if uh, that happens, you, it's frozen. And then the question is, and you have no mobility, right? It's just frozen in one spot.
1: And it just plain hurts, probably. Uh, uh,
2: well, it's it stops hurting when it's frozen.
1: Oh, okay.
2: When you're not moving it. If you move something that's trying to be frozen, it hurts like, oh, get out. But if you don't move it, I mean, it's the story of the guy from India who, who because of his proving that he loves God, Uh, or whatever reason, I'm not sure, he promises that he was going to raise his hand in the air and he's not going to lower his hand from that position for a year. Just
1: to prove his love of God. Or whatever whatever he was proving.
2: Well, after a year, it stuck.
1: He could not lower his arm. No,
2: his arm was there frozen in perpetuity.
1: Ooh, not good.
2: Uh, I suppose when they him in his casket he they <laughs> had a hard time getting him in they the probably did so uh, the long so of the ch- an
1: injury to your shoulder then you stop using it so it gets frozen so yep. then what do you do do you have to have surgery
2: right what they do they used to do is to uh uh break it you know they oh. and um they would do you know the orthopedist would just say now close your eyes mm-hmm. and here's a bullet to chew on <laughs> and and then they'd it break it through and once it was you know m- mobile again then um, they could they could do the rehabilitation um, and then they m- decided to go do that under anesthesia and Which now really nice <laughs> and now they're not breaking it anymore they're going in and with knives and scissors uh, and under visual they're 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 cutting it where it's exactly at the right spot and not cutting the not breaking anything else so because they were causing too much harm I mean it was yeah uh, but the point is you know we need to bring our joints into movement to stay
0: able to move bob
1: keep the shoulder. Well, I was going to ask you
0: about dislocating your shoulder. Which of the two joints, your knee or your shoulder, is more apt or prone to become dislocated? Oh, yeah, your shoulder is way more apt to become dislocated because of
2: the mobility that it's it has. It's so much has. more mobile. The yeah, knee, can when it comes, it gets dislocated, you're in real trouble. It, it's a lot of, there are things that are broken and traumatized. With the shoulder, you can, dis, you know, people will come in with dislocated shoulders all the time and, and, uh,
1: you can snap Ramsey them had back.
2: to teach me. I don't know how many times how to do that. Uh, you know, you you pull and you twist and you move in just the right direction. Uh, one of the things that you do is you put your foot in their armpit, okay, and then you pull, <laughs> and it'll go pop in back in. Okay, I mean, it's that's back a kind of a f- in. oh, and the pa- wow. and the patient goes oh 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 ow, oh my, it feels so much better. <laughs> As soon as it's in the right place, then yeah. they're okay. Oh, and then you hold them, and you immobilize them then for a period of time so that it's in the socket and everything can get, and then you start re- gradually rehabilitating them.
1: So if you start, if you immobilize them for a while, then you have to have rehab after that. Absolutely. Or they, or yeah. they won't be moving. So the How about slings? Doesn't that immobilize? Do they still yeah. use slings? It's a
2: sling, but it's a sling that ties it to the body, so it, do- it doesn't move. I mean, it, it yeah. immobilizes the shoulder. So, I mean, what is the take-home message? Take-home message is a very important message for every one of us, and that is that got to keep moving if you want to keep moving. If you, you don't go. move, you become frozen. And that is what happens to many people, you know. And, of course, if you're back, if you're just constantly bent over like that, your back becomes constantly bent over. We need to arch our backs backward and sideways. Those things are some one of the movements. Uh, we need to stretch uh, everything, and um, and then we need to use those joints as and and move them by ourselves. Use the muscles that makes the joint move, so that those muscles are able to work and stay strong.
1: Absolutely, and you know I do see people that are really slope-shouldered, and I keep thinking, just put your shoulders back. But I guess if you yeah. get to the point that you've always been slope-shouldered, it's going to stay that way. That's You're your not going to get it back. That's your sure. habit.
2: I know that people sleep in these positions too. So what I try to do is, when I sleep, I try to arch my back a little bit, stretch my neck, uh, you know, by pulling, by uh, keeping it in the pillow as I stretch my body down. I just try to st- keep stretch myself stretched out and in a proper position where I'd like to be seen, <laughs>
1: even you know, while sleeping. While right.
2: sleeping, I know that when I'm running, I kind of arch and lean forward. My family points that out to me so i'm trying to run more properly
1: it's amazing how family can keep you humble
0: (laughs) on that note
1: we'll take a break we'll be back right after these words welcome back to prairie doc radio we learned a lot about our shoulders in the past few minutes dr rick holm has really been filling us in
2: Well, almost
1: anything. Just keep moving it, people. Keep
2: moving. I mean, you know, if you want it frozen, then just don't move it. Put your hand in the air and keep it there for a a year, and you'll find that you can't get your arm down. And the teacher will
1: call on you every time. (laughs) There you go. Every time, like it or not. Hey, Dr. Holm, there was a West Nile case in Brookings this week. Wow. Uh, Are we going to be worried about that?
2: Well, I'm worried every time. I mowed the lawn yesterday, and uh, I'm out there, and, of course, I'm in shorts. And I didn't spray down with the stuff, but it's in the middle of the day, right? So you'd expect that I wouldn't be bothered by the mosquitoes, but I got a bite on my face, and I thought near the brain, oh, gosh, I'm going to get a neural (laughs) effect, you know. (laughs) And the point is, use the spray and be careful because there was a case right now. There's been one death in South Dakota already of West West Nile, Nile. and there's been something like 60 cases. I don't remember exactly the numbers. We're announcing it every uh, week on on Prairie Doc TV, but uh,
1: we have to be careful we There's need no to be careful about it.
2: uh, uh,
0: uh it's a lottery
1: this sp- city everywhere. sprayed for mosquitoes just a week ago i think are they bob well, are they due to spray again? again
0: again tonight at 8 p.m they will begin wow. and then they'll do the parks and bike trails tomorrow
1: okay really that's so the city tonight and tomorrow for the bike and and how safe is this stuff
0: you know, I'm right. not sure. In the old days, they used to tell you that you shouldn't leave your dog tied up outside or clothes hang on the line. They, yep. don't, they don't. They don't issue that, that don't warning anymore. Probably because they don't use DDT. And I remember right. as a kid riding our bikes behind the fog. Oh earth, yeah. And, and it was like, wow, this is really fun. But yeah. Yeah, running through the fog. Now I, I understand.
1: Oh, That's it explains a lot, before. doesn't that it? Does yeah, I know. yeah. It truly does. Oh god, oh. West Nile. That's a toughie. Really oh wow.
2: Toughie. I mean, you know, there are. Uh, autumn diseases, but um, that's one of them. And uh, so uh, I think avoiding mosquito bites is, is something to be, uh, you know, and some people, you know, you're, it's, if you think about it, one death in South Dakota, um, but uh, all those mosquito bites. Um, so it's not every mosquito, but there's enough of them. And who wants to take a chance with that particular roll of the dice?
1: And really, you said you were mowing in shorts. You you really want to tell people not to do that, right?
2: Get long pants, long pants, spray, socks, and spray, shoes. Spray the pants. You don't have to spray. Yeah, your then skin. you
1: don't have to spray your skin. If you I s-
2: spray your hat, spray yeah. your collar.
1: I swear they always go after my ears and my neck. I, well, always I spray behind and my... I, s- I, s-
2: I spray my hair and my e- yeah. my ears and my neck. Because that seems that's to where be the
1: area. They Why do they like our ears and neck? Because
2: they've been trained by Mother Nature. Other,
1: mos- other mosquitoes to go for the y- did, neck and You know, I, I. so I'm oh. having
2: a discussion with Dennis Bielfelt about the value of human beings and of every individual and the love of God and uh, nature and... Um, And so we started talking about um, who's preferred by God. Is it you know? Is it the you know? Is it the Desmet Bulldogs when they're playing the Lake Preston Divers? Uh, You know, is there? I mean, remember we pray for our team to win, and you know, okay. Or is it Britain versus France when they're in the Battle of Trafalgar? Or is it uh, who? Who who does God really care about? Who does God care about? (laughs) And um, is it just humans, or is it? Does God love animals? Uh, and, of course, we both agree that they do, that he does, she does. So we we agreed that God loves animals uh, equally. And how about bears or mosquitoes? Does God love mosquitoes? And we both agreed, no, he, she, God we does not <laughs> love mosquitoes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that was your decision. <laughs> but God does not but love
2: mosquitoes. Um, but so anyway, I'm sorry, that was a little bit of a <laughs> side effect.
1: Oh, a little bit. Uh,
2: what, uh, Bob?
1: Bob? You're well, he loves animals something.
0: because he created them before he created man in, in the beginning. And then he also had Noah make the ark to save the animals. So, obviously, he cares he for he them. He really cares about
1: animals. Yes. And I'll bet there were a few mosquitoes on that ark, too. I'm what afraid there must yeah, have been. probably were. Hey, on a totally different topic, you had a really interesting... Um, a newspaper article this week on oral health and protecting your teeth. And I think that's a lot of people don't realize as they get older what can happen to your teeth and why people years ago, I mean, if you live past 60, you may lose all your teeth. and That was just people didn't understand oral health. That was Mm -hmm. standard. Older people just plain had no teeth or had a false teeth in their mouth. What has made a difference is just knowledge of what we're doing and how to take care of our teeth. Well, I think the majority of
2: people really do uh, go to the dentist regularly uh, and uh, or the dental hygienist. And uh, and they get uh, the the area between the teeth is probably the area that's most ignored. You know, we brush the f- out the front and the back. Yeah. Uh, and uh, but how do you get in between well gee to get in between you've got a floss that's been the standard well who likes to floss I mean whoever does floss, I mean it's just a lot of work and <laughs> <coughs> as a kid I didn't learn to floss I mean I learned to brush but I didn't learn to floss my parents didn't teach me and and I learned that when I was in college my parents realized they needed to floss uh, we did a show with, Deni- with uh, Dr. Prouty from Watertown and uh, it was really a good show last week with him. And uh, in I enjoyed his gentle way. He's a very quiet-spoken, uh, handsome guy talking about all these, um, these the dental issues. dental problems, right. Dental, dental issues. Uh, and I think probably the most important, I think that if you do two things, one is that you jet wash after the end of the day to get rid of those particles that are left because you can't get them all. And if you do the toothpicks, with the flossers on them, you buy a bag of those, put them in a place that you see them every day, and you can do that at least once a day, floss and uh, and, uh, and pick your teeth. Uh, then you'll keep that inner space on in between the teeth so that keep your, them your root, your, um, your gums stay healthy. That's the main thing, okay.
1: the well, gums. Let's hope people protect their teeth. We're going to take our final break. We'll be back right after these words. Hi. Hey, welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. Joan Hogan here, and Dr. Rick Holmes has been answering some interesting questions today, and tomorrow night he will not be answering in- interesting questions because we have a guest on the uh, on call with the Prairie Doc tomorrow night. Deb Johnston will be the guest host, and also with Deb will be Matt Owens, who is. both of them are medical doctors. Deb Johnston practices practices here at the Avera Me- Medical Clinic and uh, Matt Owens practices in Redfield.
2: You know, interesting story is they did their residency. You know where they did their residency? Both of them? Both of them did their residency in Brookings with us.
1: Of course. So yeah.
2: we had, I, they each rotated. Uh, with me for a period of time. I, I always
1: think of Matt as this young kid. Yeah. Because he probably did the residency 25 years ago, yeah, and that's <laughs> when I met him. And <laughs> he's not a young kid anymore, is he? he no. He's still young. He's younger uh, he, than us. How's but that?
2: Who is more exuberant than those two people? Yeah. I mean, it, that they're going to have a hard time. Uh, breaking into the other person's conversation, you know, it's one of those things. Yeah. So,
1: But they'll they'll do a really good job. Yeah, I'm sure anyone that follows your program has seen both of them on the program. And what is really important is they're hoping to have questions because it's an Ask Anything show, and their guest who they'd hope to have is a doctor down in the British Virgin Islands. Well, he's not going to Mich- be on Skype. I yeah. mean,
2: Mitchell Penn pro- is his name, and I, I can't imagine. You'll have that, to have
1: him on another show because you know, he is... He is so well. Liked. He's a wonderful He's just man. A great guy. Uh, you got to know him when you were sailing down there. Right?
2: I did. You know his his uh, office is very close uh, to where our boat uh, boat was. Yeah, I have to well, say, past tense. It, past de- tense it was on the destroyed. Boat. You know, and we d- we think we have insurance, but uh, we hope that it, we have insurance. I mean, we have insurance. You don't know what it'll cover. We don't know how much it will cover. So if it... it Well... I think that the, the owner of our charter company... That's the other thing. You don't have to be a rich man to do this. I did... You know, it was an investment deal, and we just about got our money back, so that's a good thing. We're out of time, aren't and we? And you
1: had a lot of fun, too. Oh, Not it was worth it. Back. It was the best you thing I ever
2: did, I can't the tell The greatest you.
1: time with that. And Four we years of doing all it. of you have enjoyed the time with us because we've now run out of time. Uh, why don't you listen again for Prairie Doc? We are brought to you by the Avera Medical Group Brookings. As always, you can hear and see more from Dr. Holm online at prairiedoc.com.